Hello and welcome to Powerhouse Politics. I'm ABC News Chief White House Correspondent Jonathan Carl. And I'm ABC News Political Director Rick Klein. I told you last week we might be back early, emergency podcast, and I have met with Trevor Hastings and our entire Powerhouse Politics team. We have decided that every day is an emergency this week. We will be coming to you each and every day. I mean, unless we don't. Something going on this week, John. The big one. Are we almost there? Uh, this is the big one. Um, this is when uh, smart observers of politics tell you that it all comes down to turnout. Um, uh, but but here here's here's the thing. I'm going to make a, a few observations. Uh, the, the, first of all, I, I have a feeling of deja vu uh, to a certain degree uh, because we are seeing Donald Trump uh, doing rallies with really massive, uh, energized crowds. Uh, we see him losing in the polls. Um, and this all reminds me of uh, 2016. You know, big crowds, low polls. Nobody really thought he had a chance of winning. Uh, the difference this time is <laughs> we had last time, <laughs> um, and uh, but but I, I just just a, just an observation um, about the, the the president's standing at this point. Uh, can he win? Yes, of course he can win. Um, the thing he could do to win is simply win the states he won last time. I think that's going to add up to a uh, to a victory. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, right. And he doesn't need to win everywhere he won last time. Um, he could. He could. Uh, he only needs to if, if he. You know what? What uh, people on the Trump team have told us over and over again. You know, put aside Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. If he holds everything else, he just needs to win one of those three. Okay, there you go. Uh, but they will also tell you and acknowledge that. Um, it's hard to figure out which one of those states uh, he wins. And then you have the adding complicated factor, complicating factor this time of uh, that's the Rust Belt, the Sun Belt. Uh, the president is, if you believe the polls, trailing in a number of uh, Sun Belt states, uh, North Carolina, Georgia even, depends on the day, Florida, Arizona. So he has to he has to keep all of those and then pick off one of those uh, Rust Belt states. But here here's the thing. Here's the point I want to make, and then I'll finally let you talk, Rick. Um, there's been a lot of talk about uh, will the president come out and declare victory early? Will he say I'm ahead? It ends here. We don't keep counting after uh, after election night. Uh, it's time to declare me the victor. Well, I don't know. Maybe, but. I think there's one flaw in that scenario. Um, I think that, that it is um, quite plausible that the president, as we reach the midnight hour, is actually trailing. Uh, because remember, not every state is going to take a long time to count those, uh, those mail-in votes and those, and those uh, early votes. And we're going to be talking on this uh, program here in, in, in a couple of minutes to the Ohio Secretary of State. So we're going to get some real visibility on Ohio. But we we spoke last week with uh, the Georgia Secretary of State and told us that in Georgia, they are uh, processing all the uh, the ballots as they come in. And, and that he believes that shortly after polls close, we're going we're gonna to have a result. They're going to be able to hit a button and they're, they're going to have a tabulation of, of, of the early vote. So you could have a similar situation in Florida, Texas. So you may end up at a situation where we're approaching midnight. And if Donald Trump has is losing in any of those states. I mean, is, it, it, there's no plausible scenario that he goes out and starts declaring victory, and it, and it could be Donald Trump that is saying, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, everybody, let the votes be counted," because it'll be Trump that will need 
the Rust Belt states to put him over the top. Like more than one, if he loses any of any of those states I just mentioned. So and John, of course, every state does its own elections. It doesn't yep. matter if the, what the president says or any candidate says. No, every state it conducts matter. its own elections. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so joining us now on the Powerhouse Politics Podcast is the Ohio Secretary of State, Mr. Frank LaRose. He took office as Secretary of State back in January of last year after a career in the U.S. Army, Special Forces no less, and two terms as a Republican state senator. Secretary LaRose, thank you for joining us in Powerhouse Politics. Absolutely. Been looking forward to the conversation. So help me out. Uh, let's get a, a little granular in how this process is, is working. First of all, what, what are your top line numbers on, on early and absentee vote in Ohio? How, much, how, how many people have already voted? So we've seen fully a tripling in the previous numbers for early voting and a doubling in the number of absentee votes. So at this point right now, we're going to release new numbers at the end of the day today. We've seen over 3.1 million absentee ballot uh, applications received, over 2.1 million ballots cast. And again, those numbers are a few days old. I think that it's entirely possible that by the time the polls open at 630 tomorrow morning, that more than half the ballots will have been already cast in Ohio. Now, obviously, that's going to be up to the voters, and we still anticipate a big turnout tomorrow. I think this could be the first time that Ohio goes over 6 million voters in an election, and we're excited about that. And, and just for context, how many did you have four years ago? Uh, four years ago, in 2016, the total number was 5,600,000. So we had about a 71% participation rate in 2016. And that was a very high turnout year for Ohio. So again, we're setting records and it couldn't be more exciting. One of the things that we really set out early on to try to maximize was early and absentee voting. This is nothing new for Ohio. Ohioans have been voting early and, and through absentee voting for close to 20 years. And in just a routine election, we see fully a quarter, one fourth of the ballots come in by mail. We think that number is gonna double this year and our boards of elections have been preparing for that for many months. And you've seen no problems, no uh, hints of fraud or, or anything else with the uh, with that mail-in vote coming in? No, certainly nothing as far as fraudulent activity. You know, we had early on a couple vendors that were just not moving as quickly as they should have these. Remember, Ohio's elections are very decentralized. So each of our 88 county boards of elections hire vendors that do mail fulfillment and printing for them. We had some vendors that were moving slowly at the beginning. That was disappointing. And, and by the way, uh, you know, we've been predicting way back in April that we were going to see record numbers of absentee voting. So so that kind of thing shouldn't have happened. But the good news is that happened early on and we were able to work through it. But as it relates to any kind of fraud related to absentee voting, that's exceedingly rare. It happens, uh, you know, occasionally. And when it does happen, we take it seriously. Uh, we've referred people for prosecution in past years for this. But it certainly is, is a rare thing for voter fraud to occur in Ohio as it relates to absentee voting. Okay, and I know Rick wants to jump in here. So one one more granular question about your process. Um, how will your vote be tabulated? Will we – polls close. We're going to see numbers in your system, I assume. Are we going to be seeing are, – are you counting that, that, that absentee vote as it comes in or, or processing it? Will we see those numbers very soon? What are those first numbers we're going to see? Are the, those early or those day of? T tell us, tell us how that works. Yeah, so this is uh, one of the the areas where I think Ohio has a, a really good system compared to other states. If you look at some of our neighboring states like Pennsylvania, Michigan, uh, even uh, up in Wisconsin, in those states and and others, they can't even begin 
processing absentee ballots. They can't cut the envelopes open until Election Day. In Ohio, we've already been doing that for four weeks. Really starting on October 6th, the boards of elections started receiving absentee ballots. As soon as they come in, those envelopes get cut open. They compare the information on the identification envelope to the voter registration list. They check the signatures. They check the identification numbers. And, uh, and, and also can start working right then with voters if they made a mistake on that identification envelope. So there's really a lot of time to cure any kind of errors that have been made. Um, on election night, the very first ballots counted in Ohio are almost always the absentee and early votes. And it's intuitive. Why? Again, they've already been processed in many cases. They've already been scanned in many cases. And so right at 730, when the polls close, the boards of elections can begin the tabulation process. And when you see us start to release numbers at 8 p.m., 815 uh, tomorrow night, those numbers are, all, are are largely going to be those early and absentee voting numbers. Now, the in-person election day numbers from the precinct locations, those will start coming in later in the evening. And either way, whether it's late Tuesday night or early Wednesday morning, we're going to report our unofficial number for the state of Ohio. And it's important to, to, to really emphasize that unofficial number. You know, I've had people say, are we going to have a final number on election night? Well, the answer is, of course not. We never have a final number on election night. That's just not how how it works, certainly in Ohio or in any other state. What we are going to have is a good snapshot in time of every early vote, every absentee vote and every in-person election day vote that has come in so far. But really starting, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, up until the 13th of November, we can continue receiving absentee ballots as long as they're postmarked by Monday, November 2nd. Those legally cast ballots deserve to be counted. And so the number you get tomorrow night will be a good, accurate number, but it'll be that unofficial number. The final number will come weeks later. One of the key things, though, that we're doing this year differently is we're highlighting that number of outstanding absentee ballots. It's a knowable number. The boards of elections keep meticulous tally of every ballot that goes out and every ballot that comes back. And so the delta, the difference there is that number of outstanding absentee ballots. That'll be highlighted at the very top of our election night reporting website starting tomorrow. And uh, you'll be able to look at that number and then look at the totals that the candidates have and decide for yourself whether you're seeing a conclusive result or not. Obviously, if one candidate's ahead by a million votes, Votes and there are 200,000 outstanding absentees, well, then you can say that that contest is over. But if you've got a, a candidate ahead by only 100,000 vote and there are votes and there are 200,000 outstanding absentees, well, then uh, we're going to have to allow more time for those uh, absentee ballots to come in and be processed. So I feel like this is an important point, Mr. Secretary. So I just want to hone in on this, that that the president uh, said again yesterday and his campaign has suggested repeatedly that we need to know on election night. We need to have uh, a, a, the, the vote count uh, finalized on election night. That is not, though, how it works under Ohio state law. There is no scenario where all of the votes will be or can be counted. You're going to receive lawfully cast ballots after November 3rd, so long as they're postmarked by Monday the 2nd. That's correct? Yeah, so the, absolutely. The election night results are never final. That's not the way that elections work. And again, I can speak for Ohio, but I think it's that way in most other states as well. Our law allows the ballots to continue coming in for 10 days. And by the way, that's just the outstanding absentee ballots. They have 10 days to arrive, and it could be an overseas military voter or just an Ohioan that procrastinates and waits to the last minute. But again, you hear elections officials all the time, myself included, say that every vote matters. This is a manifestation of that. This is the proof that every vote matters, and we have to allow the process to play itself out so that every vote can be counted. But that also extends to provisional ballots. Remember, on election day, there's a safeguard in Ohio and in many other states 
states where if you get there and there's something wrong with your information or you forget the proper form of ID or, or some other mistake happens, you may be asked to cast what's called a provisional ballot. And in the days after the election, there's time for the Board of Elections to resolve that with the voter to make sure that their voice can be heard in this election as well. So that has to play out. We certify our results in Ohio about three weeks later, and we've set the date of October or uh, November 28th, rather, because the boards need 10 days to receive absentee ballots. They need seven days to cure mistakes that happened on ballots. They, they need time to resolve those provisional ballots, time for any recount, whether it's an automatic recount or one that's requested by a candidate. And of course, the real deadline that we're focused on is getting that uh, certification done of the final statewide results by the 28th of November, and then seating our electoral college on the 14th of December, as is required again in law, um, because that's, uh, that, that's the way the process plays out. And so this idea that election night is sort of this grand reality TV show where everybody gets to go to bed on election night knowing who won and, and who lost is just a flawed construct. That's not the way it works. We've gotten used to that over the years because oftentimes you can look at those unofficial election night results and make a pretty safe assumption about who's going to win or who's going to lose. But that may not be the case this year because we're relying on more absentee ballots than we've ever seen before. And again, that's not just in Ohio. That's all around the nation. Yeah, and for the record, John and I, and I'm sure you as well, Mr. Secretary, none of us are going to sleep that night, so we could we could we could put that we could that aside. But it, uh, I I want to ask about COVID and and what you're doing. You mentioned a very robust election day presence that you're expecting. A lot of people are going to be congregating at po- physical polling locations, as is customary, and as many people have grown used to. What concerns you about COVID protocols, and and what will you do if there are voters who show up uh, without a mask on? Yeah, so we started really back in the spring working to kind of roll up our sleeves and figure out how do you run a a presidential election in the midst of of a global pandemic, right? And we keyed in on a few objectives. First of all, we needed to recruit a whole new generation of poll workers. That's been a huge success. 56,000 Ohioans have volunteered and been trained to be poll workers. That's uh, far and away above uh, previous numbers. 37,000 is really the bare minimum that we need, but we wanted to go 50% above that. So we've got 56,000 poll workers trained and ready to go. We also wanted to maximize early and absentee voting. And as we talked about, that has been a success. That helps take pressure off of election day and reduce any kind of crowding or, or whatever else. We also have been very focused on combating disinformation and getting accurate information out. But the fourth thing, and as you mentioned, is making sure that the right health protocols are in place. Now, this is something that I'm not an MD. I'm not a professional epidemiologist. So we listen to the scientists that know best. We worked with the Centers for Disease Control and the Ohio Department of Health. We put out a 61-point checklist. Maybe it's my military background, but I'm a big fan of checklists. And we started you know, working with our county boards of elections again, months ago. And this 61-point checklist just gives them everything they need to do to follow that checklist to make sure that they've got the right health and safety protocols. We just put a, a video out on social media that details some of that as well. And then we fielded massive quantities of personal protective equipment. Of course, that's masks, sanitizer, uh, disinfecting wipes and shields and all the kind of things that we need. A lot of those came from donations from great patriotic companies that stepped up. And a lot of them came from our CARES Act dollars. You asked the specific question about what happens when a voter shows up without a mask. We've put in place a sort of a de-escalation protocol, and we've trained all of our poll workers on this. So first of all, if you don't like wearing masks, the best thing to do is to vote absentee. Of course, the time to have done that has already passed. But if you show up at a polling location and you don't have a mask, one will be offered to you. Every polling location is is, uh, supplied with plenty of masks. They'll offer you a mask. If you refuse that mask, if you don't want to wear that mask, then they're going to offer you the opportunity for what we call curbside voting. This has long been a part of Ohio's law 
law originally put in place when buildings didn't have, you know, accessibility and ADA accommodations. And so Ohio had in, in our law for a long time, the ability to vote curbside. That's a simple procedure where you get a bipartisan team of elections officials, one Republican and one Democrat. They come outside with a clipboard. They let you, you know, sit in your car or whatever else, have the privacy you need to cast your ballot in, in private. And then you put it in an envelope and that bipartisan team of elections officials escorts it inside for you and puts it in the scanner. Remember, these are trained and sworn elections officials. You can trust that your ballot will get put in the scanner by them. They'll even give you the I voted sticker. So if you refuse the mask and if you refuse the the uh, curbside accommodation, of course, we can't turn anybody away. I mean, the, the, the Constitution says in at least three places that the right to vote uh, shall not be abridged. It's an irresponsible thing to insist on coming into a polling location without a mask, but we're not going to disenfranchise anybody. In that unfortunate scenario, what we'll have to do is create social distancing and, and ample space around you, let you come in, cast your, your, your vote. Uh, the elections team will wipe down the machine when you're done. They'll give you an I voted sticker and send you out the door. What we don't want to do is sort of escalate the situation where people are already um, maybe a little bit emotionally involved. Uh, I think we all know, and, and folks that are coming to intentionally make a scene by voting without a mask or whatever else, we don't want to give them the attention they're looking for. Uh, it's kind of a nothing to see here. We're going to get you voted and get you out the door in a safe and distanced way. But really the responsible thing to do is to wear your mask or to take the one that we offer you. And that sounds eminently reasonable and sensible. <laughs> It totally makes sense. I hope I hope other other states have a have a similar uh, approach to all this. Do you do you know the uh, do you have the partisan breakdown of who's voted early and who's voted absentee? You know, honestly, that's not something I track. That is something I know both parties track. They have uh, pretty sophisticated data operations in Ohio. You're not registered as a Republican or a Democrat, but you mm -hmm. declare your party affiliation based on how you vote in primaries. And so I know that both of the parties have been looking at those early. Uh, and absentee voting numbers and sort of making their their uh, projections about whether they're our voters or your voters kind of thing. Uh, but that's not something we track. I know that historically, and again, we can look back in the past, historically, Ohioans have participated in uh, absentee voting in roughly equal numbers. It's really been right down the middle, pretty much half Republican and half Democratic as far as the absentee voting. I know that the Democrats have historically had slightly higher numbers on the early voting numbers. Uh, but again, this year, uh, a lot of things are different. And so it'll be interesting to look after this election and see how that panned out. And, and then one last question before you go. Uh, will you, will we know how the vote broke down uh, along those different categories of voters, absentee, early, and day of? Absolutely. Now, as far as how granular that gets, um, we, we, we may not be able to track exactly whether, for example, if you returned your absentee ballot yourself or whether you put it in one of our secure drop boxes. We have, right. for the first time ever in a general election, I've directed every board of elections to have a secure 24-7 drop box. That's a new thing in Ohio. And so if you want to return your ballot in person, you can now do it that way. But most people still mail it in. But yeah, certainly we'll track those numbers. They may not be available on election night, but for all of us uh, uh, data nerds who like to pour over that kind of stuff, Will absolutely be available after the election. All right. Uh, Frank LaRose, the Secretary of State from Ohio. This was an extremely informative conversation. And I, I also uh, just want to thank you uh, for, for the work that you are doing and, and the work that people like you are doing all across the country to ensure uh, that we have a, uh, that we have a, 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 a non-dramatic election day in terms of the process at the very least. <laughs> so thank you very much, sir. I appreciate your time.
it's these bipartisan elections officials all around the country, these uh, day of poll workers, the secretaries of state around the country that are making it happen. You know, Lincoln said elections belong to the people. It was true then and it's true now. We're just the caretakers yes. and we're going to make sure it's an honest process. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you very much, sir. I really appreciate it. Yep. Good luck tomorrow night. You bet. Take care. All right, Rick, that was an extremely informative uh, uh, conversation. And I have to say a very reassuring one as well. Uh but, but, you know, let's keep in mind, uh, uh, Frank LaRose is the Republican uh, Secretary of State. Um, and there was nothing in that conversation that led me to believe that, that, that he's doing anything but, uh, but, but, but the work of a public servant. Um, there's no partisan nature to that work. This is about ensuring we have uh, an election that has integrity and uh, is, is free and fair. And I thought it was notable that there was no hedging. Uh, his the, the notion that we know uh, a, a definitive winner on election night uh, is not something that happens in America. <laughs> we elections take some time to get certified, and for for the final votes to be counted, we may know based on where the returns are. We may be able to project winners, this, that, and the other thing. But but I, I thought that was that was reassuringly um, candid and informative uh, and uh, and honest. And presidents don't get to declare elections over. Uh, candidates don't get to do that. Presidents don't get to do that. State election law is state election law. States will determine that. They will have their own processes and their deliberate processes. And not every state is as efficient or expecting to be as efficient as, as Ohio. I think uh, you heard the secretary reference that Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan likely to have a lot less of the vote in on election night. Uh, media organizations like ours are going to be analyzing all of this and making a lot of projections. So yes, there's a lot of concerns coming into Tuesday night, but there are a lot of uh, of state election officials who are doing their job, and that is to administer an election, a full, free, fair, honest election. It is happening, and the ultimate uh, result will be determined by people like this uh, in all likelihood. In all, let's uh, hope is that it's determined more like people like this than than abject partisans. And and, and look, uh, he also made it clear we're, we're going to have a hell of a lot of vote in very early in Ohio because uh, they do the only sensible thing, which is they begin processing uh, the the mail-in vote as it comes in. I think it's insane uh, that that you have states that do not open those envelopes up until election day. He described the process that you have to go through. You have to check the information on the envelope, make sure the person is on the voter rolls, make sure they haven't already voted. You check the signatures. All that takes time. So why in the world would you wait until election day to begin doing that? Ohio. Uh, as Georgia and uh, Florida, other states we've talked about uh, uh, do exactly that. Mm -hmm. Other states like Pennsylvania, for some God knows why reason, uh, 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 does not do that. Well, we know in Pennsylvania it was actually blocked. Efforts to change that were blocked by by the Republicans. I, I, I still, for the life of me, can't figure out what the, you know, what 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 reasoning there would be in in not doing that. Um, but that's going to be interesting. So we're going to see. We're going to have a very good now. Ohio is some is a state that that Donald Trump won handedly in uh, in, in 2016. Uh, he's uh, they did talk to the the campaign. They they firmly believe they're going to win Ohio again. I've talked to uh, you know Republicans not affiliated with uh, the Trump campaign, but who know Ohio politics very well, who think that the president will in all likelihood win Ohio. But but who knows? And we, we see that Joe Biden's making one last uh, one last trip there. I'm told uh, reliably, I believe, that uh, Sherrod Brown, the uh, the Democratic senator from Ohio, uh, strongly encouraged Maybe him to, do with to make one last stop <laughs> in Ohio because he believes there's a chance he can win.
Yeah, well, it's that. Look, look, Ohio. The, the Biden campaign is thinking about this. There are a couple of scenarios where an early win or a trend line would would point in the direction. Florida is one of those states. Ohio is one of those states. Georgia, North Carolina, also on that list of states that uh, that might get earlier results that would point things in a particular direction and may then take away some of the drama that's at least being promised or threatened right now by the Trump campaign. And also, by the way, for, despite all this talk, we've, we've, we've talked about this several times, the whole red mirage that, um, you know, that, 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 that there would be a big lead uh, for Donald Trump early in the night that would go away as the mail and absentee are counter. Well, I mean, Ohio is yet another state that it could be the exact opposite. If, if, if uh, you know, Democrats are more likely to vote early, um, vote by mail, those votes are going to be tabulated first. And then, the, right. and then the, the, the day in votes will come in after that. So it's possible that you may see a Biden lead that disappears as the night goes on in Ohio. So look, there's, there's no mirages. We're just going to be looking at the facts. <laughs> okay. We're just <laughs> we going like to be looking that. at That's the right. facts. We'll, do it. We'll, we'll be counting it all. Exactly, John. All right. Uh, that is all the time we have for this. We will be back tomorrow because tomorrow is election day. Election day. All right, Trevor Hastings, Avery Miller, Rick Klein, the entire powerhouse politics team. See you tomorrow.